Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Welcome back. It's a pleasure to fill in once again for Tony Katz. I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, joined by Tony Kinnett from The Daily Signal. This is Tony Katz today. Producer Kylan, she's on the board making everything happen. And my gosh, we have a lot to get into. Everything from the censure of Adam Schiff to the collapse of the Ocean Gate submarine and everything in between. We'll be diving in for another exciting show. Don't miss a moment. But we begin, Tony, with the formal censure arriving uh, through Congress of... Adam Schiff passed in a 213 to 209 mostly party line vote with six Republicans abstaining from going either way. They just voted present. If there's a theme for (laughs) if there's one theme that we can center on for the show today, it's pearl clutching. And everyone everywhere is just reaching for their chest. Got to clutch those pearls and the preening and the crying that Adam Schiff, who lied to Congress, who knowingly uh, led and uh, contributed to an investigation that was predicated on false information, knowingly lied, knowingly committed everything from libel to slander, and is upset that the House is is giving him the old boot scoot and boogie. What a shame. It's worse than that. He said he'd be proud to do it again, and we'll be playing that audio for your listening displeasure but before that of course the actual vote when it came down and Kevin McCarthy was making his pronouncement I like that you said pearl clutching because of course the Democrats were posturing and yeah we can take a victory lap here and rah rah Adam Schiff censured it's a victory for Republicans but I think it's rather a hollow one because although an ethics investigation will follow do we really think this is going anywhere I don't know. Here's Kevin McCarthy. By its adoption of House Resolution 521, the House is resolved. That the House of Representatives censures Adam Schiff, representative of the 30th Congressional District of California. For misleading the American public. And for, and for conduct unbecoming of an elected member of the House of Representatives, the Representative Adam Schiff will be forthwith present himself in the well of the House of Representatives for the pronouncement of censure. <laughs> I love it. First of all, I love the Romanesque nature. Present himself before the council who has found you unworthy. But yeah. I really like that people trying to uh, like outshout each other from the Democrat side so they can get the clip on social media. And I want to like, I just don't like it. It's bad. It's bad. It's like, okay. And one of, them, one of them shouted from the background. I don't know if you caught that, where they're like, what about George Soros? George you know? Santos. So George Santos, sorry. Uh, to which I'm like, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, all right, Let's great. go, man. Sure. I, I, yeah, that's really <laughs> hitting. Your terms are acceptable. I, I really love just, again, the absolute. <laughs> hills that the Democrats are willing to die on, like defending what has been verified by every federal agency as a complete sham investigation founded on no data whatsoever and caused the United States countless issues uh, for Trump's 
presidency. It's ridiculous. Now, I liked the way you actually went through line item by line item with what was wrong with this investigation. Can we reset for the listeners just the levels of dishonesty and taxpayer expense that Adam Schiff drug us through? Oh, absolutely. So millions upon millions of dollars were spent in this Russian collusion investigation in which it was assumed that Donald Trump actively colluded with the Russian government and Russian private military actors to secure election in 2016. Only there's no evidence for that. It was founded on uh, lie after lie after lie. Everything from key tapes to secret hidden phone calls that never actually occurred to uh, FBI investigations started on false pretenses, lying before Congress, lying before uh, official FBI hearings, lying before NSA hearings. And again, they just carried this banner all the way through the Trump presidency claiming, oh, he had to collude with Russia until he didn't at all in any way, shape, or form. And uh, Schiff got caught, and now Schiff is the martyr. I would I would do it again. Oh, he... Uh, you know, Andre Carson from Indiana saying yep. he defended the U.S. Constitution. I, I was just going to segue into that audio because he categorized uh, th- this gross... Um, uh, this gross dishonesty as a defense of the Constitution, like you said. Here's the sh- clip from our own shameful representative. What I do know, Mr. Speaker, is that Adam Schiff defended the U.S. Constitution. He led an impartial investigation, which followed impartial. the facts, which led to the first of two impeachments of a former president. Okay, first of all, that's not at all justification. Well, we got results. It reminds me in a Monster Zinc where Water is like, "I'd kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die." Like that's the like that's the justification here. But they also didn't get any results. There was two two acquittals in the Senate. Yeah, it, it went nowhere. Beside it, that, there was never anything from that investigation which led to Donald Trump being impeached for collusion with Russia. Nope. Nothing in the impeachment trial actually cited that. Carson's lying, of course. You know, a day ending in Y for Carson. Carson can't even tell the truth about what color socks he's wearing, much less a U.S. House investigation. I want to know what defending the Constitution is about. Have you ever defended the Constitution by uh, telling people a, a big foreign policy made-up story? I, how, how does defending the Constitution work? They're probably rationalizing it uh, you know, as defending the Constitution from threats foreign and domestic, and they felt that President Trump was a severe threat, so they targeted him with whatever they could throw, and most of it was flimsy at best and didn't stick, ultimately wasting the American people's time. Well, if defending the Constitution indeed, you know, includes fighting the boogeyman, then I guess ah. that uh, the uh, Ghostbusters are up for a uh, honor medal of freedom. What's really gross here is that Adam Schiff, when confronted with this censure, says that he would proudly do it all again, no regrets. I take it as a badge of honor because uh, this says that I'm effective. Uh, they go after people they think are effective. Uh, I exposed the corruption of the former president. I led the first impeachment trial of the former president to the first bipartisan vote to remove a president in U.S. history. Uh, And I'm proud of that work, and I would do it again. Again, I I point to the water news quote. I'd kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. It's like, yeah, I'd do it, and I'd do it again. Okay, you're still guilty. So now the House is going to have a follow-up ethics investigation. What do you think the results of that are going to be? Because it already seemed like a stretch Adam Schiff would even face censure after failing initial vote. I got to say, I was surprised that this came through and we can kind of do again a shallow victory lap. But is this going to go anywhere now that, you know, the ethics investigation is forthcoming? 
Uh, here's my take on the ethics investigation. There are a lot of things that need to be investigated in yeah. the United States right now. There are only so many people who can do that investigating. Personally, I would like to see them investigating things like Hunter Biden's corruption, the very obvious and crazy stuff we'll be getting to later on in the show. Uh, perhaps <laughs> the uh, Department of Justice who uh, classified parents as domestic terrorists. I would like to see investigations on those kind of things. Going after Adam Schiff again, wasting more of our time on this absolute clown. I, I think there are better investigations that we could be spending our time on. Oh, and buckle up for the Hunter B- Biden investigation, because we're just getting into that. Yes, that's coming in later in the show, specifically how um, this tax fraud case initially began, where the origins of that were. I think our listeners might be surprised. So oh, stay yeah. tuned. He fell for that stuff. Sink, line and hooker. <laughs> later on Tony Katz today. Um, of course, we've been discussing the censure of Adam Schiff. Republicans finally coming through, but I suspect ultimately going to fail to deliver uh, in a similar manner to Adam Schiff, you know, failing to deliver on uh, his investigations into Russian collusion, which was wholly imagined and made up. You're listening to Tony Katz today. Stay tuned because coming up next, we're going to tell you about an endorsement from our esteemed Governor Holcomb, finally making a pick in the presidential primaries, but snubbing his lieutenant in the process. More details coming up next on Tony, uh, Tony Katz today with Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kinnett. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Too much on my plate. Lord, I need me a break. But I'll be good about a weekend. Yeah. I'll be good about a this is Tony Katz today. I'm Ethan Hatcher, joined by Tony Kinnett. We're filling in, discussing recent developments in the ongoing race for the Republican primary. Also, stay tuned in this segment. We'll be playing um, some sound bites from the latest uh, video drop from the state police regarding Jim Lucas arrest uh, and showing him, you know, evading responsibility in the moment. Fairly disappointing stuff. But beginning with this endorsement from our own esteemed Governor High Tax Holcomb, making his pick for the Republican primary, putting his uh, chips behind Mike Pence. And truly, you couldn't have two rhinos who deserve each other more. I love it. I love it so much. There is nothing funnier than watching Pence. And, and by the way, on a personal level, I like Pence. I, I don't dislike Mike. However, in this case, do I think he should run for president? No, he has no chance at all. He has no appeal in the conservative camp. He doesn't have the leadership in the other camp that Ron DeSantis has. He's not really the super corporate hero that Nick Haley is. And so at this point, I'm really not, I just, I still don't see any reason that he decided to run. But it's really hilarious to watch Holcomb get out there and say, I love my buddy Mike Pence because, uh, <laughs> No one cared. I, I think the, the phrase is, and the crowd goes mild. He, he said, uh, I've known Mike Pence for decades. And <laughs> through, 
throughout those years, he remained honest as the day is long. Of course, he's been caught pandering on multiple occasions and flip-flopping on his feelings regarding January. But whatever, you know, he's been honest as the day is long. And I I think, Tony, the thing is, when people uh, criticize Mike Pence or mock endorsements like this, I don't think anybody's saying that Mike Pence is a bad person. I'm sure he's a great guy. You know, I'd probably like to go to a bar and have a beer with Mike Pence. He's, you know, he's probably a a nice guy to hang around, but that's not the qualification for making good policy. And he's had, you know, more than a decade at this point to make his mark in the Congress, in the state. He was a failed governor. He was getting ready to get kicked out, have his ass handed to him in the election. He rode uh, to safety on the coattails of Donald Trump. He's just not an inspirational figure. He's not a good pick for president. I'm sure he's a great guy. Sure, he's fine. I just think that it's the most non-issue ever to see uh, Holcomb and Holcomb, who most (laughs) Republicans in the state of Indiana do not like, endorsing a candidate that no one cares is running for the presidency. What is interesting is that he seems to have snubbed his lieutenant governor, silent Suzanne Crouch, in her bid for the governor's office. Well, one man's tragedy is another woman's blessing. So if you're Suzanne Crouch, the thing that you want to do is distance yourself from Holcomb uh, like the Polish did from the plague uh, back in the 1500s. You really do want to escape uh, the appraisal, the uh, approval of Holcomb, because if you're Crouch, you really want to come off as the folksy friend of Indiana, not the one who supported all of Holcomb's least popular policies. And according to some insiders, came up with a lot of those really atrocious policies. Well, and now she's trying to pivot and appeal to conservatives. And this is all very shallow. I love that. Did you know she has to pivot <laughs> right. to appeal to conservatives? She can't just like say, you know what? I've always been a conservative. I really like, no, you have to pivot because because while she was lieutenant governor, well, you know, it was more about how much money this corporation was investing into the state and what subsidies I can give to whomever it is out there that's not uh, ABC, who's your J taxpayer. So, uh, I mean, ironically, yes, logistically, she does stand to benefit from not getting the endorsement from Eric Holcomb. It is, however, funny to note the cold shoulder, which ordinarily would be, um, you know, kind of received with hostility from a sitting governor and your current lieutenant, and you will endorse, um, you know, the far away Republican primary nominee, but not for the governor's race. Like, I don't know. It's kind of. Holcomb is so beaten up after his term in office, he's not even able to run for anything. They ran that small poll about him possibly running uh, for the Senate, and he got so absolutely Lambergat blasted out of the polls in that situation. They took the poll down. So I think that, again, this point, you treat Holcomb like you treat that one relative you don't like. You have to associate with them when necessary, but most of the time you keep them at an arm's arm's distance. Now, I've, I've heard through the grapevine that Holcomb now doesn't intend to run from no, the Senate. No, no, he's done. He, oh, he's, he's done, done with politics. Seen- There's, there are rumors that he's uh, going to run for the, uh, or he's not going to run, that he's going to do something with the IHSAA. He's going to do some Indiana high school sports stuff, which oh, given that's what course. 99% of his commercials were about, you know, instead of things that Hoosiers cared about, uh, he's just going to live in the 80s. So uh, good for uh, good for Holcomb, I, I guess. I mean, I guess that makes sense. That's the position he's angling for. Af- after all, that was how he uh, couched his campaign as the governor who uh, shot baskets in all, all Indiana counties. But meanwhile, we actually have real problems to face, which is that in July, first our gas tax is going up by one cent to 34 cents per gallon which means now we're paying i think combined with federal gas taxes like 79 cents in taxes per gallon 
Um, it's even worse than that because of the bill uh, Republicans just passed. They extended this annual tax increase that was set to expire in 2024 through 2027. A lot of people didn't notice that got stuck in there, but they will notice when they have to cr- increasingly pay more at the pump. And there was every incentive in the world for Republicans to do this for selfish reasons from the perspective of the government, because every penny that they stick on to you is an extra $30 million in revenue generated from the state scraped off of your hard labor. And that's kind of the thing that I want to point out here, because I don't think that a lot of individuals really understand that when it comes to raising taxes, the Indiana House and Senate is not forced to raise taxes on you because they have nowhere else to go. Believe me, all the huge big corporations, everyone from Honda to Eli Lilly gets these big, fat, thick subsidies, and we make sure that we're giving tons of funding to Indiana State Universities who don't need it, and we're making sure that we're increasing the public education budget so that schools can build that brand new football field that they don't need. You, however, you have to make up the cost in tax because we can't have those corporations, you know, not getting all of their kickbacks from the Indiana government. That would just be cruel. Now, let's look on our crystal ball here, Tony, and uh, fast forward to the far-flung future of 2027 um, when the tax increase will have yet again raised by uh, another uh, four pennies. Um, You could be spending combined with the gas tax and the sales tax and the federal sales tax nearly, if not more, a dollar per gallon on your fuel in tax alone. So if we're paying four bucks a gallon or God forbid five bucks a gallon nearly a quarter or a fifth of that would be going strictly to the government for your privilege to move about freely hang on That's I'm gross I'm gonna I'm gonna really quickly uh, see what my representative Bob cherry over in Greenfield has to say about this <laughs> oh that's right it's nothing. Oh, that's right. I don't see any Indiana House Republicans talking about this. Well, no, any of they, them at all. They Why? passed the extension, Tony. Uh, yeah, it's all. Oh, I mean, you know, I and, and by the way, I like a lot of the representatives that we have. I talk to them regularly. However, I'm constantly frustrated by the again, when it comes to some issues, they're very passionate and some they just kind of awkwardly scoot off to the side like they're at a high school play and they just peed their pants on stage. Uh, You're listening to Tony Katz today, Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kinnett filling in. We've been discussing Republicans uh, and the raising cast taxes uh, and the failed uh, endorsements of of, uh, uh, Governor Eric Holcomb for Mike Pence uh, and the snub for Suzanne Crouch, but also wanted to get into uh, Jim Lucas some more. Yeah, speaking uh, of peeing your pants on stage, we've got Representative Jim Lucas from Seymour. More audio released from his incident, this time coming from state police and you can hear where he's making excuses and this was where he came up with the idea that like oh well I swerved because I thought I saw a deer leaving the scene what'd you nail me on that one for man I didn't leave I was at the scene I was was walking to get help (laughs) so the scene is the guardrail on I-65 that's the scene and then parking your truck behind the building and walking away from that like that's double I mean it's only on one count but I mean technically this is going off caller since you want to give us a statement on the crash or not so we had to do a crash report and part of it I thought a deer ran out in front of me okay how's that if that's what you want to go with I mean I was coming up 11 okay thought I saw a deer I didn't leave the scene. I was walking to get help. What a sorry excuse from a state representative. Also, uh, I just want to I want to ask this question. 
Uh, I've, I've hit a deer before. I hit a deer on 40 uh, going from Greenfield to Knightstown back when I taught there. Ooh. And uh, you know what? I didn't steer my car into a guardrail. Uh, I, I've never been like, oh, no, a deer. Let me drive into this wall. Wait, uh, Tony, this- you didn't jump it Dukes of Hazard style through a roundabout and off a highway uh, you know, that's true. for so two guardrails? Despite the, fact, incredible. despite the fact that he's lying, we'll just go ahead and say that out on the air. Lucas is a liar. And despite the fact that the, uh, these are the nicest cops on earth who are giving him every chance not to shoot himself in the foot. Yeah. Okay. Reason A, why the house should censure him because he's a liar. This is it. He he can't be honest with the police. How's he supposed to be honest with the rest of the house and you? It's incredibly disappointing that the Republicans have done absolutely nothing to signal at the bare minimum, if nothing else, you know, taking resignation out of the picture, if nothing else, then a blank blanket condemnation of this kind of behavior. We can find another Republican from Seymour. Stick around, ladies and gentlemen, because we've got some dirt on the IRS you're going to want to hear. You are listening to Tony Katz today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Come on, baby, Welcome back to Tony Katz Today. Thanks for listening. Producer Kylan knocking that out of the park with a stellar bump selection. Have you right. seen the Saturday Night Live sketch with this? No. Where you have Chris Farley at Chippendales? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> classic, man. Everywhere. Right. Who hasn't seen that one? Well, I don't know. I mean, you can never just assume that's, that someone's seen true. a classic SNL sketch these that's days. That's true. It's just that is uh, extremely prominent. That's anyway. what always pops into my mind for working <laughs> for the weekend. It's uh, But honestly, you know who's taxing the working for the weekend the IRS. Do you like that segue? Yeah, I do. Uh, but more specifically, who they're not taxing or who they're giving sweetheart deals for avoiding their taxes on millions of dollars. I think you know who we're talking about here. Hunter Biden, now, the you black know, sheep of the family, the disgraced son of the current sitting president. This is kind of historical in and of itself. We have so many historical firsts, like Donald Trump, former president, being federally indicted, and now the son of a sitting current president pleading guilty in a deal with us Justice Department to Ethan, t- two I, tax misdemeanors. I got to ask you here, because it's about these two tax misdemeanors. <laughs> have you ever owed the IRS $100,000 in taxes? <laughs> have you? You ever? No? Okay, I'm getting a no. What about owing them $200,000 in taxes over two years? Have yeah. you, ever, you ever done that? Uh, you know, I, I don't think so. And I believe if I did, the IRS, they'd come a knocking. That's now come a knocking is a very interesting way to say that they would send SWAT teams through your windows, drag you out the door by your heels, bring the AFT to shoot your dog, throw you in the back of a paddy wagon, and we would never see you again. It would be the quickest investigation ever because if 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 I owed the IRS a couple hundred grand over a couple of years, they would have me off to the nearest police station for permanent processing. Well, that was also the conclusion of a former Department of Justice official who handled tax cases in. Sp- Specifically, and telling not Fox News, not Newsmax, not One America. He said this to CBS, so you know, not oh, yeah. uh, CBS, exact- notable conservative network. Bingo, uh, saying that it, had his last name been Hunt- Smith, 
you know, Hunter Smith probably would have been a different outcome here, you think? Gene Rossi, a former Justice Department official who handled tax cases, told CBS News the failure to pay tax on more than $3 million, even though now repaid, is a serious violation. If this were Hunter Smith instead of Hunter Biden, I think you would have a very much uh, more aggressive prosecution. You know, I've often kind of wondered what life would be like if I came from some magically, fantastically rich and noble family and I had uh, all of the, the wonderful privileges that they get to enjoy. Uh, I, I've made this point on a, on a recent show, I think it was with Hammer and Nigel, that Bill Gates could waltz into the studio and, uh, let's say, remove all of us from existence and not go to prison for it. But you or I could rear-end his car on the interstate and do 15 years, and that's just the justice system that we have these days. Well, I think it was George Carlin who famously said, it's a big club and you're not in it. Mm. That's the thing here. You yeah, know, but they'll you... beat you with it. That's for sure. Uh, the question Speak, speaks softly and carry a big stick. The, the question that I have at this point is at what do what do people do about it? Because I'd have no faith whatsoever that the Republicans are actually going to effectively hold this kind of stuff accountable. Nope. Again, when you have the DOJ, the FBI, the other alphabet soup agencies offering people sweetheart deals to just kind of chalk things up to misdemeanors, the man committed a felony with a firearm, which, by the way, should mean that you don't get to carry a firearm around anymore. And yet Hunter Biden is going to get to carry whenever, wherever he pleases. The rules do not apply to those that uh, the FBI has, you know, kind of a crush on. Well, they pled down on the gun charge. You understand, uh, oh, Democrats pled down. Ah, oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. We're, we're very, we're very serious about gun safety. You see, we're very hard on on gun crime, unless you are the president's son. And that, I mean, that kind of sounds like a wannabe dictator to me. And what you're right? pr- and what you're kind of getting close to is the acknowledgement that this reveals a two tiered system of justice, where individuals who are connected and have influence do not get the same treatment as the citizenry and Jonathan Turley rightly points out um, uh, that that this is like ticketing the getaway driver of a bank robbery the you know the the two misdemeanor tax evasion charges when there's so much more on the table to the Hunter Biden story and we all know it so it is historic in the sense that the president's son is going to plead guilty to criminal acts it is going to be uh, very controversial for critics. I think for many, this is going to look like you ticketed the getaway driver after a bank robber. You know, many people view the influence peddling allegations mm-hmm. as being a very serious form of corruption with potential crime. And he's going to plead guilty to relatively minor tax and gun charges. I- Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I want to make one very particular point. I really dislike when someone gets on the air and says, well, many might see this as possibly being something. Okay, just tell us what you're thinking. You don't need to say, well, I, some might see this as alleged corruption. You know that in the Declaration of Independence, the founding fathers were like, some might see these taxes as unattainable. And no, they said this is wrong. 
when I write articles, I don't say, well, some might view this as unconscionable. I say, you know, this is wrong and they need to be held accountable for it. And he's right. This is corruption to the highest level. It is disgusting. This is exactly the thing that goes on in third world dictatorships. It is the kid, the kid of the president of the dictator gets to do whatever it is that they want. Get away from it. It's kind of tut tutted by the media. And this is where we are. This is the country you live in. It is officially a banana, a banana republic. And that is not a hyperbole. It just isn't. And we now know because of this investigation into Hunter Biden's taxes that the FBI had gotten a hold of the infamous, now infamous laptop in advance of the 2020 campaign, had already verified it and admitted that it included evidence which li- or evidence which likely indicated uh, tax crime. Um, and, and this was while there were more than 50 intelligence officials who claimed staking their reputations that that, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. So clearly he's getting favorable treatment and having this covered over and is now getting a sweetheart deal with the Justice Department. Um, it, it's it's the, a, FBI, the FBI needs to be dissolved. Yeah. Dissolve the entire Federal Bureau of Investigation and start over because this is corruption to the highest court. Because remember, a couple of weeks ago, before some of this stuff came out, back when it was just information that only the House of Representatives had access to, they brought the chair of the FBI and several members of the FBI leadership to the House of Representatives and said, what are you doing to make up for what is the most abysmal embarrassment of the American justice system in history? And they're like, we're taking care of it internally. We're handling it. You don't need to look at it. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Tear it down. Abolish the FBI. It's ruined. It's completely just, it's a waste. It has unilateral authority. No one has any accountability over it. Scrap it. The whole thing. You want to hear a really cartoonish take. This is from uh, former Senator Claire McCaskill engaging in some of that pearl clutching you were bemoaning earlier, saying that we're being far too hard on uh, the son of the current president. Everyone should understand here that this man, this has paid a very high price for his addiction in the public arena. And by the way, everybody needs to back off Joe Biden about this. Leave Britney alone. Back off. It is okay for him to love his son, and there's nothing wrong with it. They have no evidence of any kind of wrongdoing by Joe Biden, and it infuriates me that they're using this heartbreak against Joe Biden in this way. It's just not right. Leave Benny alone! Called it. Uh, I I love it when I call which uh, audio clips you're going to use before you use them. I I do want to point this out. Psychically connected, sir. Psychically connected. Great minds, they say. So she says that there's been no evidence of wrongdoing in connection with President Joe Biden. However, we now have actual screenshots of messages where Hunter Biden is threatening foreign officials for massive bribes and saying, well, my my dad is right here in the room. My dad, I'm sitting on his lap right now. My dad is right here. Don't make me call daddy. Is in the room. Let that sink in because, of course, Joe Biden has been lying wholesale for years now regarding his knowledge of his son Hunter's business dealings. When and not just possibly knowledge of tax issues, right? not just fraud, not just foreign collusion with foreign governments, unregistered agents, not only bribing foreign agents in the Chinese Communist Party as well as Ukrainian officials, but also what might be 
pornography rings. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that after we play Joe Biden denying. But that's that's how this whole thing started. Uh, but but first, here, here, yeah, let, Joe- let the president clear his honest and good name. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses. President Biden met with at least 14 of Hunter's business associates while he was vice president. Then Vice President Joe Biden had dinner with his son Hunter along with Hunter's business associates from Ukraine, Russia and Kazakhstan. And the day after the dinner, a Burisma executive sent a note to Hunter quoting, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Hunter's lucrative business dealings often included giving as much as 50 percent of his earnings to his dad 50 percent of his earnings to his dad this is stuff that we already know about and it's all centered around the drip 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 of the hunter biden laptop which was verified by the fbi in advance of the denials from the biden campaign during the 2020 election members of the government already knew it was the truth but lied to your face and now we're finding out how this investigation all started which is Really bizarre. I first became aware of it when I saw you share the tweet and said, cowabunga time it is. Because so Hunter Biden, invest, <laughs> the entire tax investigation was opened in November 8, 2018 as an offshoot of an IRS investigation into a, quote, foreign-based amateur online pornography platform in which Hunter Biden was codenamed by the FBI sportsman. So Hunter Biden being investigated for tax evasion and an, an illegal, possibly pedophilic pornography ring out with foreign agents. And now, and, and again, this just... Some, well, we don't know that it was pedophilic. It could have just been regular no, the, the, uh, the human foreign, trafficking. The foreign, oh, just regular human trafficking. So the foreign groups that have participated in this suspected pornography ring have been indicted in other countries in both pedophilia and child sex trafficking. He's palling around with Andrew Tate. I, and not, and I, I mean, at this point, you really do have to wonder about the Epstein connection. You really do. Because what, what bothers me is that how much evidence do you need before the House actually begins impeachment proceedings? Genuinely, at this point. Because Didn't they, though? Didn't Anna Paulina Luna, uh, Congresswoman from Florida, already uh, begin those proceedings? They're starting to kind of move around it, but a lot of House members are, they're unsure. Mitch they McConnell are. and Senate Republicans, they don't know. This is kind of political, guys. So they're... It's just incredible. Well, let's, I, you know, ordinarily I would be all for, you know, uh, criticizing the Republicans, but let's cut them a little slack here because one of the criticisms of the Democrats was they flew spaghetti at the wall. Whatever they, you know, if they go forward with impeachment, let's make sure it's 100% substantive. So caution no. is warranted. No, no, no caution is no, warranted. No, no, no. The, the seal's broken. Pandora's box is open. Let's go. Let's go. If, if one fair side, play. well, okay, at this point, why, why does the other side get to throw punches, but I have to sit here and take it on the chin? Why? Why do I have to play by rules they're not following? It's not fair. It's not appropriate. It's not going to preserve the republic for establishment Republicans to just, well, if we just act like the bigger person, then everything is going to be fine. No, you're not. You're going to lose like you have been losing. I don't want to play that way. I want to win. I want the republic to be preserved and I want the Constitution to be intact. And if there is evidence that President Biden was aware of extreme levels of foreign corruption and intimidation, get him out of office office, put him in an orange jumpsuit and give him his Geritol in prison. 
You're listening to Tony Katz today. Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kennett filling in, giving no quarter to the Biden crime family. Because they would give none to you. And we've got so much more content to come. Stay tuned. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, folks. This is Tony Katz today. I'm Ethan Hatcher. That's Tony Kinnett. We're your square pegs in this round world. Doing a little bit of a flashback to the uh, disintegrating wasteland that is the West Coast of the United States. A story that actually debuted just a little over three years ago, July 1st of 2020, when San Francisco Chief of Police William Scott announced that they would cease uh, releasing most mugshots because it helped promote racism that which is such a racist thing to say in and of itself <laughs> that, uh, uh, yeah if we if we release the photo because they're talking about future mugshots right so they are assuming they are assuming that the majority of mugshots in the future will be people of color and so therefore if the majority of mugshots are people of color then people are going to say that that black and hispanic people are more likely to commit crimes well tony this is based on research uh, uh, the police chief said this policy great. emerges from com- Compelling research suggesting oh, not that just any research. Compelling research ah. that the widespread publication of police booking photos in the news and on social media creates an illusory correlation for viewers that fosters racial bias and vastly overstates the propensity of black and brown men to engage in criminal behavior. I mean, again, the question I would ask is why are we just not posting pictures of people who commit the crimes? Again, why are you suggesting that the majority of mugshots being shared are of black and brown individuals? I mean, why why is it the police department's job to determine which mugshots are really just release the mugshots? That's it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that if in other countries with different racial demographics, you're going to have different groups of people who make up the mugshots. Why? And, and it's not more. It's this hasn't done anything. He's still the police. He's still the chief of police. Three years Spring, later, right? still, yeah. still the chief. Police. Has this helped any? Has the crime rate gone down? No. Has this helped the the horrible festering squalor of the city? No. Has it decreased racism in the city? Probably not. This hasn't. These kind of equity initiatives do absolutely nothing. But. By suggesting that we need them, you end up being more racist in the process, which is just that's chef's kiss for me. Elsewhere on the West Coast, it continues to slide into societal decay as Judge Marsha Peckman of U.S. District Court for the Western District of Washington issued a preliminary injunction against the city of Seattle for enforcing its graffiti ordinances, writing, On its face, the ordinance sweeps so broadly that it criminalizes innocuous drawings from a child's drawing of a mermaid to a pro-police message written by the Seattle Police Foundation that can hardly be said to constitute visual blight and which would naturally wash away in the next rainstorm. This all stems from an incident and an ongoing case uh, appealed uh, before the district court. Tucson et al. versus the city of Seattle where four people were arrested for writing Black Lives Matter and expletives against the Seattle Police Department in chalk on protective concrete walls outside the East Precinct. Well, you can't say things that make people uncomfortable, Ethan. You can't say things that make... that. You have to protect that kind of 
speech. And speaking of which, we're going to be talking about the Moms for Liberty debacle over in Hamilton County up next here on Tony Katz today. Stick around.